Hello, my name is Ruslan Majitov. I'm a professor at Yale University School of Medicine and an investigator of Howard Hughes Medical Institute. And uh, I will discuss today our work uh, on um, characterizing uh, toll-like receptors and their role in control of adaptive immunity. Uh, my story started uh, in this building. This is uh, um, a library for Natural Sciences of Russian Academy of Sciences in Moscow. When I was a, a graduate student there from 1990 to 93, um, at that time, Soviet Union just collapsed and there was a uh, profound economic crisis. So there was no reagents to, uh, to be able to do experimental work and there were not even periodicals uh, to be able to read. And this was the only library that still had uh, a subscription to Nature, Science, Cell, and other uh, journals. And so I would go there every morning um, and spend all day in this library uh, on the second floor um, and just trying to read the literature since I, I wasn't really able to do much in the lab at the time. And uh, during one of these uh, trips to the library, I completely randomly ran into uh, a paper uh, written by the late Charles Janeway. Um, that uh, changed sort of direction of my uh, uh, career and life. And this was a paper <coughs> in, that appeared in the Proceedings of the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory uh, from 1989. And uh, uh, this is the paper. It was entitled Approaching the Asymptote, Evolution and Revolution in Immunology. Uh, and this is uh, Charlie Janeway, who unfortunately passed away in 2003. Uh, but what he described in that paper was uh, a new perspective, a new theory uh, to think about the immune system uh, that um, when I read it, I thought that this is, uh, makes so much sense and this is going to completely revolutionize uh, our understanding of immunity. And I got uh, completely um, enchanted with this uh, uh, idea and this logical framework that Charlie proposed there. And that was uh, the time when I uh, uh, became interested in immunology. And uh, to put this into historical context, uh, what the uh, idea was about is how the immune system knows when to be activated and uh, when to uh, respond to uh, a challenge. And what was thought at the time uh, uh, is that uh, the immune system, T cells and B cells, only react to foreign antigens, but not to self-antigens. For example, antigens that come from our own tissues. And so on the top uh, panel, you'll see here a situation where self-antigens uh, that may be uh, uh, presented by antigen-presenting cells, so APCs, to T cells, but there would be no response. Even though T cells can see the antigen they should not be responding. Um, and at the lower part, you see the situation where there is an infection, and when APCs detect pathogens, then there should be a response. As we all know, we respond to uh, pathogens. But it wasn't clear what makes the difference. And again, one idea was that uh, the immune system distinguished between self-antigens and non-self-antigens. So pathogens would be non-self, immune system will react, self-antigens are self, and the immune system would not react. But it, and it was also known at the time uh, 
that uh, for T cells to become activated, they require two signals. And one signal uh, is the antigen itself, which is presented by uh, MHC molecules, major histocompatibility complex molecules. So it's a complex between MHC and antigen that is <clears throat> seen by T cells. And what became known uh, uh, at the time from the work of uh, Ron Schwartz and Mark Jenkins at the NIH, that when T cells see only signal one, there is no response that is generated. But when they see two signals, the second signal also coming from antigen-presenting cells, that then there would be a response. And the identity of that second signal was uh, uh, subsequently <coughs> characterized, and it's known as uh, molecules... Uh, called B71, B72, or CD80, CD86. So that was the state uh, uh, of knowledge, and it was uh, many different views about what controls activation of the adaptive immune response of T cells and B cells. And there are different sort of schools of thought, and, uh, and it was still very much unclear for somebody who's coming from the outside of the field uh, what was going on and how the system worked. And that's what uh, was changed with this uh, article by Charlie Janeway, where he proposed that, in fact, what might be happening is that in addition to T-cell receptors and immunoglobulin receptors, there is a whole different set of receptors that are shown here in blue uh, that Charlie hypothesized would be involved in direct detection of pathogens, and that these receptors would then control expression of the signal, too. And in this manner, when antigen-presenting cells encounter self-antigens or any other antigens that are not infectious, there would be just signal one and there would be no response. But when they encounter pathogens, then there would be this detection by these hypothetical receptors of common microbial structures uh, and that would lead to the induction of signal 2, and that would result in the immune response. And that was a very profound insight, and it was a very beautiful idea that made so much sense. And, uh, and Charlie further proposed that these receptors that he called pattern recognition receptors, because they detect conserved patterns found in pathogens, things like lipopolysaccharides, peptidoglycans, uh, and so forth, he proposed that these receptors are evolutionary ancient, and they involved in immunity in uh, invertebrates, uh, as well as invertebrates, where they control the innate arm of the immune system. But in addition, invertebrates, they acquire a second function where they control activation of the adaptive immune system. And that was a really a re revolutionary uh, proposition. And uh, the only uh, problem was that uh, the receptors that Charlie uh, hypothesized should exist were not known at the time. And, and so after reading Charlie's paper, I started communicating with him uh, initially through email, and uh, eventually uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to join his lab as a, as a postdoc in 1994. And then um, uh, my focus of my research was on trying to identify such receptors that can control expression of signal 2 to induce... Uh, to control activation of adaptive immunity. And at that time, there was uh, really little known about how microbes can be recognized directly. There were a few proteins that were known to bind to microbial cell walls. One of them was a, 
a protein called mannan-binding lactin from the complement system. Another is CD14 molecule, which is a GPI-anchored uh, protein on macrophages. Uh, and there are a few proteins known in invertebrates that were involved in recognition of LPS. But other than that, it was really uh, not clear what this receptor is supposed to look like and uh, how they, uh, um, how to identify them. And a couple of things that changed, uh, that uh, uh, played a role in the development of the story was that one was in 1994, the year when I joined Charlie Lab, uh, David Baltimore came to Yale to give a talk uh, at our department. And at that time, he just, his lab just started characterizing uh, the first knockouts for NF-kappa-B, which is a critical transcription factor involved in inflammation. And there he talked about the phenotype of first NF-kappa-B knockouts, which had both defects in innate and an adaptive immune response. And I remember uh, uh, after David's talk, Charlie and I uh, uh, were talking in the hallway, uh, and we both thought that whatever it is that we are looking for, if, whatever these receptors are, uh, th they probably work by activating NF-kappa-B. And then we thought, okay, so one criteria we should use is that they, they are likely to be NF-kappa-B activators. And at that time, uh, the only two receptor families known to activate NF-kappa-B were TNF family and IL-1 receptor family. And IL-1 receptor is the one that we got particularly interested in because uh, of this uh, remarkable uh, conservation in IL-1 receptor signaling portion with uh, a receptor that at the time was already known uh, to exist in Drosophila. And in Drosophila, that receptor is called TOL. That receptor was uh, identified and cloned in Catherine Anderson's lab by Carl Hashimoto. At the time, they were at Berkeley. And the signaling pathway was elucidated by uh, several investigators, including uh, Steve Wasserman and Mike Levine, uh, Catherine Anderson, and others. And it was known that this uh, pathway operates in, a, in a fly development. But what was interesting for us is that it worked through NF-kappa-B in flies, and the related receptor, IL-1 receptor, worked through NF-kappa-B in mammals. And what they shared is uh, the, the cytoplasmic uh, portion shown here in blue, whereas their ectodomains involved in ligand recognition were unrelated. And uh, because of this uh, conservation with flies and because uh, IL-1 receptor uh, is involved in inflammation, uh, we thought that perhaps the receptor that we are looking for would, be, would have this C-terminal signaling domain and the ectodomain perhaps would be something that can recognize microbes. And the only structures that are, were known at the time to recognize microbial components were C-type lectins. So I thought that maybe there is another version of this receptor that has cytoplasmic signaling domain from TOL and IL-1 receptor, and the ectodomain would be from C-type lectin. And, and that was my uh, strategy to try to identify it. And, uh, uh, and that... Uh, what I took advantage of is that after many, many failed attempts to do it through various types of uh, approaches for degenerate screening or uh, by hybridization or through PCR, um, uh, took advantage of the fact that at the time um, new types of genomic sequences started to be 
become available, these so-called express sequence tags, that were just short sequences that were generated randomly in multiple tissues, and using bioinformatic approaches and using conserved uh, consensus sequences for the cytoplasmic domain for toll and ion-1 receptor, as well as for C-type lectins, I started searching these databases and found several clones uh, that corresponded either to C-type lectins or to the cytoplasmic domain. And then I pursued both of them, uh, and uh, the one that corresponded to C-type lectin domain, I found that it was most uh, similar to Drosophila toll. And uh, this was in some, uh, starting in January, February in 1996. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the gel... Uh, uh, shown on the left here was, uh, I think, uh, one of the first clones that I got, uh, which would uh, later would turn out to be a, a human homologue of tall. And the gel on the right and the, uh, in this uh, uh, bottom band, uh, I still remember that band because this was one of the, those uh, happy moments in the lab when I uh, got this uh, uh, portion of the receptor, which was particularly difficult to clone. And then by doing standard... Uh, library screening through hybridization. Uh, we pulled out uh, a full length uh, of um, uh, the clone encoding uh, toll receptor, followed by 5 prime race technique, which was uh, at the time uh, popular uh, in gene cloning, and eventually got the receptor. And uh, 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 by about uh, May of 96. And then uh, uh, another event that happened that uh, in, um, in the summer of 96, we had a meeting uh, in Charlie's Summer House in Anisquam, near Boston, where uh, several other investigators uh, participated uh, that shared a uh, human frontier grant, including Alan Zekovic, Fortis Cafatis, Jules Hoffman, and Charlie. And, and Jules Hoffman then presented work of Bruno Lemaitre from his lab about genetic work on Drosophila toll pathway where they found it was involved in uh, immunity. So that was, uh, uh, gave us further uh, um, uh, confirmation for our uh, expectation that this receptor might be involved in immunity. And so then I uh, uh, characterized this receptor uh, in uh, terms of its uh, uh, ability to, con to control NF-kappa B signaling shown here on the right. And more importantly for us at the time, uh, for its ability to induce inflammatory cytokines, and the most important for us, the holy grail for us, whether this receptor can induce the second signal or costimulatory molecule, uh, known as B7. And that was the, uh, the uh, probably one of those uh, lucky moments in the lab when I saw that uh, toll receptor, which I rendered constitutively active uh, because the ligand was not yet known at the time and transfected in this uh, uh, monocyte cell line. And when I saw that it it's, can induce expression of this gene, that was the moment when we thought, okay, this, uh, this whole hypothesis now we can connect from beginning to the end. And I even called Charlie, this was late in the evening, I even called Charlie and told him that, uh, that human toll can induce bisone expression. That was, we probably would be the only two people in the world who would be excited about that. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, Others also uh, appreciated it, and so we published this paper in 97, where, which is an extremely simple paper showing uh, just cloning and showing this uh, couple of functional assays. And, uh, and then subsequently, uh, in the same year, Ben Loon, uh, who was the editor of a cell, 
uh, at the time asked Charlie to write uh, a mini review about uh, innate immunity. And so um, uh, in, in that mini review, we uh, discussed uh, questions about evolution of innate and adaptive immunity and uh, uh, put this uh, schematic together to, uh, to show the parallels and differences between Drosophila toll and mammalian toll pathways, where we uh, suggested that uh, uh, recognition of pathogen-associated molecular patterns, things like LPS and uh, tachoic acids and so on, uh, is detected by tolls either directly or through some intermediary, as is the case in Drosophila, and that leads to induction of an FKB and various innate immune response genes and genes controlling adaptive immunity. And uh, subsequent work indeed demonstrated that uh, the toll that I worked on uh, is part of a, a bigger family. Uh, there are uh, about a dozen of different toll receptors in mammalian species. And it's now known as uh, TLR4, toll-like receptor 4, and it's a receptor for LPS. And the receptor part that detects uh, LPS, actually a protein called MD2 that complexes with toll. And uh, subsequent work with, by many investigators uh, uh, elucidated uh, the specificities of different toll receptors. And Shizu Akira from Osaka University in particular played a major role in this uh, uh, set of uh, investigations. And uh, what we uh, know now is that uh, if we, our main interest was uh, not so much in microbial specificity of receptors, but in this idea that microbial receptors can control activation of adaptive immunity. And this is what uh, schematically illustrated here. So we have uh, a dendritic cell, which is a cell type that normally activates T cells. And when dendritic cell encounters pathogen, uh, what's shown on the left side here, there is an endocytic receptor that will take up pathogen, take it into lysosomes, and then proteins will be cut into peptides and loaded into uh, MHC molecules and presented to T-cell receptors. But that information by itself is not sufficient for T-cells to know whether they should become activated or not, because this peptide can come from pathogen or it can come from uh, innocuous uh, food antigens, or it could be even self-antigen. So T cells have no, no way of knowing what's the origin of the antigen is. And the reason for that is because T cell receptors are generated at random. And each T cell has one single specificity, but they are random, so it doesn't know what it's specific for. So therefore, there is a need for another signal uh, so-called signal 2, which will provide information about the origin of the antigen that T-cell is specific for. And that is provided by this uh, detection of microbial structures by toll receptors, and now we know several other families of pattern recognition receptors that detect those structures and induce expression of costimulatory molecules. And now T-cell that has specificity for peptide derived from pathogen will also set, have a confirmation signal from uh, uh, costimulatory molecule CD80, CD86, also known as B71, B72, and then T cell will become activated. And in addition, toll receptors and other pattern recognition receptors will induce production of cytokines, such as IL-12, that will tell T cells what kind of effective response to generate. And that is uh, uh, now, of course, uh, uh, a well-accepted uh, um, uh, view how immune response is activated, and, uh, uh, and uh, it's, it's a 
very satisfying to see this confirmation of the proposal by Charlie Janeway, which was at the time largely ignored, uh, and that now it become it's a it's a textbook uh, um, uh, knowledge uh, in the of the immune system that that's how uh, activation of the adaptive immune system is controlled and toll receptor was. Uh, uh, one of the first receptors to demonstrate it to, uh, to, to be involved in this process. So that's the story of this uh, discovery, and thank you for listening.